Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode number 85, a 1917 marriage story. They go together so well. Well, I don't know about that, No, I mean, this is interesting. We have a good dichotomy. One is the big screen experience, and the marriage story is a Netflix movie. So you have the small screen. We have the big screen and the small screen. There you go. Anyway, maybe you're just tuning in to the Film Coterie for the first time. Adam, how would you describe our podcast? Our meager, the very, it's the last film podcast ever, right? Yeah, it's a fun fact. There's never been a podcast after us. We are the final podcast, <laughs> the last one on earth. Yep. We were eight years late to the party, but we're still here. And we have the most unique format in the world. We are a witty banner at the beginning. We, and, we, we, we review two films. <laughs> and then we get out. We bug and then, out. And then we bug out. So... I know it's groundbreaking territory we're covering here, <laughs> but just hanging there with us, I, I promise it's worth the ride. So, with the Witty Banner being mentioned, how was your Thanksgiving, man? Good. I watched a ton of screeners. Uh, just let the audience know, if you've been with us the last couple of years, this is our first year where we're actually voting in a regional critics association. Yeah. So, Roger and I are getting screeners every day in the mail. This is a new experience for both of us. And now it just feels overwhelming when you come home and you see the pile of 50 screeners sitting there that you need to watch. Yeah, and you made the comment before our film tonight. You said, I'm glad I've been to some film festivals and seen a lot of these. I wouldn't know what I'd do if I hadn't been to any film festivals. And I raised my hand and I said, that's me, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, he gave me the sidelong glance. Oh, my goodness. But it is kind of cool. And uh, uh, my daughter gets excited every time the film coterie package shows up. She tears it open, shoots a picture of it, and sends it to me at work. <laughs> yeah. So I know what to have to look forward to that evening. But yeah, well, my Thanksgiving was great. We traveled to South Carolina and did some family stuff and played a lot of card games and board games. And so no movie time for me. So I am really, this is like kick it in gear for the rest of this month. And speaking of movies, we got our Star Wars invites. Yes. We will be seeing the press screening, so that means we'll be doing what we did last year. We'll have a non-spoiler review, and then maybe the same time we're going to put up our spoiler cast. Our spoiler cast for Last Jedi was the most listened to and downloaded episode of that year for us. Yeah. So we'll do it again. Um, we're excited. We are taking uh, Blu-ray Bob with us. Oh, yes. He is still mad about The Last Jedi. We're, we're two or three years later. It, it, it's his morning thought when he wakes up. So we're going to see if J.J. Abrams can bring it home for Blu-ray Bob. Yes. You know, it's exciting to have Blu-ray Bob and Angry Chris with us (laughs) at the theater. We thought thought of bringing them on the podcast, but we might get our license revoked from us. The FCC would shut us down. (laughs) But anyway, so I'm excited to get into our films tonight. It's... It's, uh, I've been anticipating 1917 and then I saw Marriage Story a couple weeks ago. And so I'm really looking forward to talking about those. So why don't we take a quick break? Let's listen to a little bit of 1917. And when we come back, we'll review it on the Film Coterie podcast. Like, pick a man, bring your kit. I hoped today might be a good day. Hope is a dangerous thing. You have a brother in the 2nd Battalion. Yes, sir. They're walking into a trap. Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. 
If you fail, it will be a massacre. Let's talk about this for a minute. Why? We've got orders to cross here. That is the German front line. If we're not clever about this, no one will get to your brother. I will. All right, and we're back. And that was a little sample of Sam Mendez's 1917, the, his World War I epic film, Adam. And this is this is pretty pretty unique. It um, uh, written and directed by Sam Mendez and stars Andrew Scott, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Richard Madden, and uh, and and you know you have to mention you have to mention here that it was also shot. DP was Roger Deakin. He's the real MVP for this film. Yes. Now, what we should say about the cast too? The cast is misleading. Those are the names you know. The names you know and the faces you recognize are the minor characters. They each only have about a scene. Yep. There's two relative unknowns that take off the lead here of the two men on the mission story here. Right. Yeah, and, um, you know, the the first of all, let me just say up front, I just loved this film. I'm just going to say it right from the beginning. Big thumbs up for me. Total recommend. I'm a geek nut for World War, for war films to begin with. And then this one was shot so uniquely, you know, going in, we had a lot of questions because it's shot as if this is filmed in one take. And I'm not kidding. They used literally one camera to shoot the whole film. Yeah. Before you see it, there's a pretty good brief making of featurette on YouTube. It doesn't spoil yeah. anything. It's worth watching. Totally. Before you see it, it just literally shows you how they, <laughs> they handed off this camera. It would go from handheld to on the back of an ATV to a crane back to handheld in a single shot. Now, the movie, <laughs> the movie hides the cuts throughout the film, but once it starts, I mean, it starts on our two leads. They're assigned this mission. They have to get up through no man's land to the front line and stop and attack because yeah. they're going to go into an ambush. And that's it. The movie's super simple. It's just one mission. But for the two hours, it's it's just this. There's no real cuts or breaks. Yeah. It, it feels like it's one <clears throat> long take, even though the, the yeah. cuts are hidden it, It's throughout. all shot in real... It's, it's supposed to be feel, feel like it's real time, yeah. you know? Uh, and it's trench warfare. It's the, it's, it starts off, like Adam said, at the British trench. In, in, you know, these men have been entrenched in this trench uh, warfare for months and months and months. And then across however many hundreds of acres is the German trench line. And basically they've got to, they've got to get up and get across, you know, several eight, nine miles to, to their comrades, you know, to warn them about, about a, uh, about a, about a, about how the Germans have pulled back and they're actually waiting on them to slaughter them if they attack. And so, you know, it, it makes you think, well, you know, we've seen movies where they use one camera and first person, uh, perspectives and 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 it can get really tiresome if you're not careful. But for some reason, I I think Deacon's you know the the DP on this just took it as a personal challenge to to make this amazing flick and to and to overcome that obstacle. You know, because man, this movie is a white knuckler for me. I was we we were in one of those fancy leather recliner theaters with the. Uh, little you know with the little table sitting there you know and i'm literally grabbing that sucker the whole time and white knuckling because 
boy, does does there is some serious tension created in this film. Yeah, no, it's such a good cinematic experience. Just the way it was shot is super engrossing. It draws you in. You're engaged the whole time. And I want to say this. This is one you have to see on the big screen for your first oh, time. Yes. Because the movie's never going to play the same way again. There's scenes you have tension where you don't know what's going to happen in the open field. You don't know what's going to happen in this building. That tension is just going to be really the first time you see it. So I think you really need to see this on the biggest screen possible and just in that environment of where you're in a dark theater and you're just completely engrossed with what's going on on screen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought the performances were great. Um, I, I think it was at Blake and Schofield are the two or the two characters that play the leads, and that's uh, Dean Charles Chapman and George McKay. Not really well known, but if you've seen movies, you've you've seen them in other things. But then, but they just there's a bond instantly. You can tell they're friends. You can tell they've been through the war together. Um, there's a real connection between the two of them, and you know it's like. It's it's a buddy movie. It's it's a Sam and Frodo film. It, it is you know let's overcome a great obstacle together. And uh, man, there's just so many beautiful scenes in the film. It like Adam said, it is so worth going to the big screen to see. Um, a couple times, just literally took my breath away, and was just awestruck. Um, I really liked the movie. And like I said, I'm a sap for war films. I love them. Um, but there's the ending is has such a um just really just kind of dramatic ending and i it just really touched me man i was getting tore up in the theater i mean i just really love this film i i i'm going to say it i don't it's beautiful even the you know colin forth and benedict cumberbatch and richard madden and some of these main main characters that are in this very small parts but they do just an excellent job with the roles they have so you know, it's just well acted all the way around. Um, and it's a white knuckler, yeah. And we got to give a lot of credit to the camera crews here because they're in the action. They're literally in the crowd of people. It's all choreographed. I can't even imagine the dry runs they had to do because these camera crews will start behind the guys in the trench. And they're moving through the trench, getting these shots without getting bumped into or anything else. And they'll actually swing around and get in front of the guys and start walking backwards. I, I had no idea how they did it because. Because you never once saw the camera shake. I kept watching and waiting for the camera to be bumped. And it never was, Adam. I mean, never was. They're going through wiry fences and, and, and blockades and river scenes. Hundreds and, I mean, of extras. Oh, the scale. For as tight as this movie is shot. It's they, never off the two leads. Once the yes. movie opens, it's on the leads. Yeah, never leaves them. But then it will pull back and it, it becomes epic instantly in scale. There's times they go from very confined quarters underground, dark and, and just real collapsing and collapsing and stuff. And then they burst out into the bright light. I mean, it's just, whoo. There's a night scene that I'm not going to say anything, but there's a night scene that is unforgettable in this movie. Um, I, I, I tell you, just on... The visuals alone, this is one of the best movies I've seen this year for me. And the script is really smart. You'd think this might just be a straightforward affair, action scene to action scene. It's unpredictable. It changes things up just when something might become routine. Yep. And gives you some unexpected levity and some breaks in the action that were just yep. really well placed. And like I said, it keeps you engaged right all the way through the end. Yeah, and there's some excellent foreshadowing. 
and there's some payoffs of stuff that they do earlier in the film that pay off later, you know? Yeah. So I, for me, big thumbs up. I, I, I love Roger Deakins and, and I love his work as a DP. He's one of my favorite. Um, I just love the way he shoots and frames the film. And uh, so big thumbs up for me. I'm highly recommending it. Uh, it's one of the best films I've seen this year. We'll, we'll probably definitely be end up on my top 10 somewhere. So Yeah, I agree. A huge recommend. You got to see it on the biggest screen in your area. And I think it's one of the best films of the year. All right. Well, let's let's take a break and uh, switch gears and go to a small little indie Netflix film called <laughs> Indie Netflix. Indie. Yeah, I guess. How do you how can Netflix be indie? Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, it's Marriage Story. So. Yeah. This is the Film Coterie Podcast. Okay, we are back, and now we're going to be talking Marriage Story, the newest film from Noah Baumbach. And on his home, Netflix, he gave us Meyerwitz stories there, and now he's giving us Marriage Story. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what I would describe as a divorce epic. It's Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, <clears throat> and it focuses on a couple through the entirety of their divorce, just from at the beginning of the fallout of the relationship, through the ups and downs of the divorce, and then to a resolution. Now, it's important to note, Noah himself went through a similar divorce, because a key element of this film is that the couple has a child, and they have to decide where they're going to live when they're a Hollywood couple. He does stage plays in New York. She wants to act in L.A. Where's the family located? Are they a New York family, or are they an L.A. family? And that's where things get ugly in the custody fight. Yeah, it's... um. If you would have told me, going into this film, that... It's a story about a Hollywood couple that has to make that decision, whether they're going to be a L.A. family or a New York family. I went, blah, 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 them poor kids. Oh, what a, what a terrible life they have, you know? Yeah. Because the premise seems a little bit like, okay, bougie. yeah, bougie or whatever, you know. Yeah. But this movie is full of heart. This is a heart-wrenching, emotional drama. You know, it is a divorce epic. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson just knock it out of the park. Their performances. <clears throat> so there's a thing you they do in great music where they have this kind of like opening, opening, you know, intro, and then they'll do the first chorus and the the verse and the chorus, and then you're building to this crescendo in the film in the in the music. <clears throat> We get a tremendous crescendo in this film where they're they're slowly kind of just acting and 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 uh, it builds and builds and builds until they have what I would consider an epic fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and you know the movie starts out well. You know they are going to get you know right from the very beginning they're they're getting divorced. It's like within the first thirty seconds of the film it's mentioned you know that they're separating and getting divorced. But they're very amicable, you know. They're going through the motions just like they're still a couple and still together. And you think, oh, well, this is going to go smoothly, going to go easy. And it's anything but that. Yeah, and it's very true to life with the divorce process. I think this film is really smart in the way it starts because it has these characters writing letters to each other. And they read them. We hear them in voiceover. But they never share them with each other. They're really nice letters they wrote about their partner. Yeah. Yeah. What they liked about him, what they thought they were good at doing as a parent, 
And it, it tells us a lot about the characters. And we get to their divorce uh, counseling session, and they don't share the letters with each other. No. And we see there are problems here. There's cracks in the relationship. Um, the divorce starts easy. Um, the lawyers ratchet it up as they do. I'm a divorce lawyer, so I can speak from experience. You get the wrong lawyers on the case, and they throw grenades. They throw these emotional Molotov cocktails in a, a courtroom, and all of a sudden a party might feel they need to sling mud too. And it makes everything ugly, money is spent, and they just go after each other. This oh, yeah. is very true to life. Yep. And it's something the director experienced, and it's something Scarlett Johansson experienced, because she's been involved with this project for years, and she had gone through her own divorce with a child. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things, I had forgotten how good of an actress she really is. I mean, there's she's not played to any, even though she plays a, a, an actress in Hollywood, there's no glamour about her. Yeah. You know, that she she's just... She plays just she plays what what an actress is like when they're not in front of a camera, which is just a normal human being, you know, that has the same problems and situations that we go through. And and she plays it so well. My wife and, and daughter weren't even intending to watch it. They were in the kitchen doing something else and they just got drawn into the story. And before I know it, they're sitting over there on the couch watching with me. And we're like, wow, that was really good. You know, it was really hard to watch, but that was a really good film. Yeah, and they're both such good three-dimensional characters. I, I think you're going to see each of them nominated for this film. Yeah. Um, for lead actor and lead actress. Adam Driver does a good job, too. Um, he's more of a closed-off character, but he brings a real depth to that role, too, that he may not be able to say the things he wants, but it comes out interesting in other ways. There's a scene with this cast in a bar where he's playing the piano that I thought was fantastic. Ex- yeah, it's it's excellent. And... He just has so much depth. I mean, oh, so so much about him. I I never dreamt that he could pull the emotion. He could pull the kind of emotion needed to get really ugly and then break down. You know, I mean, it's just you know, it's a great performance by him. Uh, Laura Dern's getting a ton of buzz too yep. for supporting actress. She plays the <clears throat> Scarlett Johansson's lawyer character and Ray Liotta. Yeah, and Ray Liotta plays the other, the other, and they're both wolves, you know, I don't know how, sharks or whatever, I don't know what the terminology would be, Uh, but they're tough cookies, and uh, Laura Dern's getting a lot of, lot of buzz, she plays a great role, I just didn't, wasn't on my radar, but uh, uh, there's, I'm, as I read through this end of the year performances and nominations and stuff, she's probably going to get some nominations as well, so. Um, Marriage Story is... A, a, a total recommend by me does not at all have to be seen in the theater. No, it, it works just fine. You know, like an, as a Netflix film, you know, it's due out on Netflix any day. We saw it a while ago. Our embargo is up today, the day we're recording this. So yeah. this is a Wednesday. So I assume it'll be out on Friday, the, the typical Netflix release date. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definite so. recommend for me. Um, just <clears throat> know going in that it can be an emotionally tough watch. Um, if you've yes. been through a divorce, you yes. may, you may want to be careful with this one, especially if it's recent, but, um, I would actually use this with some clients that are in the early stages of it. I think this movie has some good lessons for trying to work things out and seeing what happens when a divorce does go ugly, when it may not have to go to an ugly place. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I kind of like it. Um, 
Alan Alda's in it, and he plays kind of the the grandpa, the older, wiser, close to retirement lawyer. And he tells him he's the only real honest truth in the whole film. You know, he tells him straight up, this is exactly what's going to happen because he's been down the road a thousand times. And um, and I thought, well, maybe he'll be the peace and the salve. And no, it goes full blown. Let's hire Ray Liotta and let's fight it out. You know, so uh, I'd highly recommend it. I will trigger warning. Absolutely. If you've been if you've been hurt by divorce uh, associated with it, with your parents or something, this is an intense, intense watch, but well worth it. Great performances by Driver and Johansson. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think that's going to wrap it up. Um, in our last segment, we'll talk about what's what what's our coming attractions, what do you have to look forward to in the weeks to come. You're listening to the Film Coterie Podcast. Hey, we are back, and it's our coming attractions segment. And we have three films left in the 2020 calendar year, don't we, Adam? And what a trio they are. We have Star Wars, Jumanji The Next Level, and then the one we're both kind of dreading, and that would be Cats. (laughs) Oh, yes. So Nothing about Cats looks good to me. I saw the the stage play, a touring version of it when I was younger, and it was an awful two and a half, three hours of my life. And now we're heading into I'm the theater to be, see cats. I mean, I, I'm going to try to go in with an unbiased mindset, but I got, I saw the trailer, and the, those people look freaky weird. It's just weird. I can't... It's like, are they cats? Are they humans? Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the play's the same way. They wear those bodysuits. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway... Very much looking forward to Jumanji, the next level, and very much looking forward to Star Wars. And we'll have to see about cats. We are going to see cats. We just don't know how it's going to (laughs) go. But we'll let you know, our devoted listeners to the Film Coterie (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Yes. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Adam, how can folks get a hold of us here on the Film Coterie? We have a website. It's filmcoterie.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We use the same handle on all of them. It's at filmcoterie. You can find us everywhere. All right. Again, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. We'll see you next time on another episode of the Film Coterie Podcast.